This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Everybody, part of the great support is playing for a goal. Second to take. The 93rd minute at Old Trafford. Decker! Yes! He's done it! It's 2-2! And England may still be going to the World Cup automatically! Hello and welcome to Homestyle Radio's Euro 2012 specials and this is podcast number three. Today I am joined by Joe and Steve and for the first time in uh, these particular type podcasts anyway, Mr. Nick Gussett. Hello gentlemen. Hello. 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 There's one more. There we go. I was waiting for the last hello. Um, well, we've got a... Well, it's an interesting set of circumstances, certainly, that came out of the results yesterday to talk about with um, with the Russians going out. Um, but we're going to go through the, the, a bit of a group roundup like we did last week. Uh, then we'll go into the uh, the review of the England versus Sweden game, which was a, something of a roller coaster of emotions. And um, yeah, and then we'll just uh, do a quick preview of our game versus Ukraine later on. Hopefully, roughly an hour we shall be on for. Uh, but before we do any of that, uh, if you do want to communicate with us at any point for future podcasts, you can email us, radio at homesdale.net. Uh, I'm going to have a quick chat to the lads about one of the things that came um, from out of the so Palace news, basically. Oh, well, I didn't say that right, did I? I said one of the things that came, and then I became confused. Mm, oh well. Um, yeah, we'll have a quick chat about the pictures that came out uh, that Steve Parrish released on Twitter of the kits. Um, a little bit of a, re- a negative reaction. And then people uh, saw some pictures that were taken in the club shop and, yeah, quickly changed their minds again. But, yeah, we'll get the guys' thoughts on that. And, uh, yeah, just have a little chat perhaps about the fixtures coming out tomorrow and, and what we quite like to see is our first game 
and all that sort of business. So on we go. Let's um, let's talk to you first, Nick. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. You've got very a new good. microphone, haven't you? I've got this kind of Kylie Minogue type headphone mic set affair, mm. and my missus said I could get a job in a call centre if I wanted now. Oh, bless. Um, I didn't really. Don't just don't think you need to wear the hot pants as well as the Kylie Minogue microphone thing. Just... Oh, I took them off. Oh, okay, that's good news. Uh, um, yeah. So, so, I mean, have you listened to our our Euro podcast so far, Nick? I've listened to bits and bobs of them in the car as bits I've been uh, driving. What, what yeah. did you think? I thought they were very good. I hmm. thought they were very good. Um, the new presenters are—they'll uh, they'll be all right once they get used to it, won't they? Yeah, they probably will. They'll cope. I like the fact those. that you. Go on. I like the fact that you were able to go and have some dinner during yeah, the podcast, and nobody I, noticed. Yeah, that was really nice. I'm hoping at some point during the course of today, I can continue reading my book as well. So, um, you've written a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to stop talking to Nick now. Uh, how you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Um, good to hear that a uh, past presenter or a, a current presenter, but a uh, a presenter of old. Yeah, enjoy mm. the podcast so far. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you refer to him as a past presenter. That's that's heading in that direction if it carries on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we had um. Well, we've got gel in the background as well. There, hi, gel. Hello there. Right, uh, you, me, and Steve were having a bit of a text conversation during that England game. Um, I was reading it back today. All sorts of emotions flying about, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. It's just uh. I was quite pleased with my contribution to that. Obviously, <laughs> I was screaming for Milner to be taken out and shot like one of them stray dogs that have been sorted out in the, the Eastern Bloc for the last few months. Um, and get Walcott on. And, and sure enough. Yeah, and as if by magic, um, he comes on and goes from zero, according to a lot of people, to hero. Um, but he just, I, I just think he's, he's just got that, he's got that certain something that... That Milner hasn't got, well, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, well, we'll come. We'll come to that anyway. But um, and Steve, obviously, you uh, you just seemed more. Joe was very direct about what he wanted in the conversation. You seemed more confused and um, sort of bewildered by what was going on. I think there was a uh, a large amount of alcohol may have <laughs> left me in a um, an inebriated and confused state. Oh, okay. I think, well, well, basically, just reading the uh, reading the text. Then I'd love to read out gels on air, but I just don't think that we can go that far with, with, with yeah. the, the C's and the B's that are all in, involved in it. That's right. Yeah, he did. I think he tweet. Uh, sorry, texted something about passing and crossing at one stage, but I can't remember. I May have been repeatedly over the course of about ten minutes. But all right. Well, you know, we'll, let's let's get on with things. Um, quick chat about these kits. We had a quick reminder before we started recording. Um. Nick, what did you think? Um, it depends what monitor you were looking at them on, because, you know, sometimes they look really good, and then you'd look at it and the contrast would be wrong, and it'd look absolutely pants. So until I see it in real life, I'm actually going to hold judgment. But, but the darker they looked, the better I thought. Mm. Okay, mate. And, uh, and Steve, were you... Well, first of all, what's your, your thought, the thoughts personally on the kits? And um, were you surprised at the strength of reaction when those Twitter pictures came out? Um, I think, obviously, starting off with, with with my opinion of the kits, then the uh, when it was darker, the club shop picks. To be honest, I think it looked like a very good kit. I think the problem is, is obviously when you saw uh, Steve Parrish's pictures, then he may have used too much light or whatever. But the red did look cheap. Um, but saying that, then 
like Nick said, it's, it's best to reserve judgment till we, uh, we, we see it. Mm. As, as far as the actual uh, strength of, of opinion uh, and reaction came to it, then actually, I, I can understand it. There's, these are people that, you know, there's, there's people out there that buy the, the new kit every year, year in, year out, and they don't like having a, a, a kit that they don't like. Yeah, um, but I mean, what, what the, the sort of the general area of, of aggression came from like, oh, I pre-ordered something and now it doesn't look like it should have done. But would you not say that any sensible, coherent person might be able to look at a picture and think, well, hold on a second, maybe that's been taken with a flash, or that's not the best quality, or that's not the right fit for Steve Parrish. Something like that, you know, instead of, instead of like throwing the toys out of the pram immediately and screaming and shouting and slating the club, which a lot of people on Homesdale and the BBS did repeatedly, instead of doing that, don't you think it would have been slightly better if they'd taken your kind of stoic approach? I think a, a lot of it was that, you know, if you'd, if you'd actually pre-ordered the kit, um, having seen one picture, and then you see, you know, w- what was seen as a, the final picture, which was what Steve Parrish was wearing. Your automatic reaction is going to be, wait a second, that's not what I ordered. So yeah. no, I can I can understand the, uh, the you know their reaction, but you know, like you said, the uh, if they'd held fire, they would have seen that actually perhaps the uh, the kits weren't quite like that. Um, but you know, it's it's the way it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to quickly, yeah, Joe. I mean, obviously, you, you want to take that one up there. I know you've got a very much similar opinion to myself on it, but I'll, I'll let you give that. No, I'm just, you know, the, the the picture that Steve tweeted of himself. Well, he's not an athlete. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I can't see what people are saying. Yeah, he doesn't look like a, a, a coat hanger. Do you know what I mean? I mean, mm. I, I, and as well as the colours. I mean, what colours look cheap? It's not pink. <laughs> is it? It's, it's not. It's, it's not like like you know any any moody kits that are out there at the moment. The thing is, what it is, people don't like change, and it's mm. as simple as that. If you've pre-ordered, then fair enough. You, but you have every you know if you've pre-ordered and it's not what you asked for, and you pay for on a visa, you get your money back. So you know, and then don't buy it. You can you can protest that way. You find you find a club up or email a club and go look. It, it's not what I ordered. I ain't having it. So, but the thing is, the majority of people will have it no matter yeah. what. You know, same yeah. with the badges. The I mean, badges that's pretty much. Change. Of course. It's pretty much hate how, why you, you don't buy a kit as a fashion accessory, do you? But, I mean, the other, the other side of it is I still don't even get why people are saying it's not... You know, they're saying it doesn't look like it did. Well, A, the thing that, that was shown as a mock-up, and it clearly states as much. But, you know, fair enough. If you, you know, if you, that, you bought one thing and you expect that's what you expect to get, and you, and you don't get it, like you say, and get your money back. But when you actually look at the... Kit, you know the kit correctly positioned in the club shop against that picture of the, of the mock-up and paddy is the difference is negligible at best it looks pretty much bang on what it, what it was so i'm just bewildered by it but steve you want a last little rebuttal there yeah i mean for me it's yes what we saw was steve parish launching the kit as it were uh, on himself which you know, I'd always imagine that it'd be better to launch it on a player rather than the uh, the, mm. the owner, but that's my personal opinion. But again, it was a case of him sort of. One of the things that that our directors have always been very good at is making sure they communicate with the fans. Mm. However, they, uh, you know, he sometimes can send the pictures a little bit too quickly without necessarily looking at them, and uh, and actually the pictures that you've um, that you've put on the. Uh, mm. The homestyle themselves 
look great now that it's in the club shop. Yeah, I think Steve's probably crediting people with too much intelligence in some ways. Listen, he's he's excitable. He's he's he you know really likes that the kits were a big thing for him. And, you know, he's he's been very much behind them from day one. And and I think basically what's happened is he's got excited, put it on Twitter, and he's he's assumed that people will understand that it's probably better to see them when they're officially launched. And him posting something on Twitter doesn't constitute an official launch. So that's I think he's probably crediting people with too much. But um, Nick, final word on this before we move on. I just um, all this pre-ordering malarkey. Did I get a discount for pre-ordering it? Why didn't people just wait till they saw them? Well, yeah, if you've, if you've got any kind of a concern about something, you don't just buy it, do you? But, I mean, look, I can I can understand that side of it where if, if that's your mentality, if that's the way you are and you, you, know, you got excited, you saw a picture of something, and then when you saw it in the flesh, you thought, mm, that's not what I ordered and you want to get your money back. But I just think the whole the whole concept is lost on people of, of what they're doing and what, what, what a shirt constitutes. But... There we go. I mean, I'm sure it'll end up one of the most popular shirts, in my view. I just think people have got into that hysteria like they like to do on message boards. One person posts one thing and says, you know, oh, my God, this is a terrible. And a load of people suddenly, you know, in normal day-to-day life who are completely rational, suddenly go, oh, my God, that is terrible. And they start massively overreacting. Like, yeah, but we see it every week, don't we? So there we go. Um, but I'm sure we'll come back to that. And obviously, if you've listened to us talk about those new shirts and you don't agree with what we said or you want to slag Nick off, then um, email us, radio at homesdale.net, and we'll, we'll pick it up uh, for the next show. Um, I was going to talk about uh, the fixtures, but I think we think we're pretty much done on that, to be honest, uh, in the introduction. We're just going to get straight into this uh, group roundup, really. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, well, Group A is, is where we're going to start. And obviously, Group A have now played all their games. Um, and the absolute shock of yesterday's results, with uh, with the Greeks beating the Russians one nil and the Czechs winning one nil against Poland, is that the Czechs and the Greeks have gone through, and Russia, who we talked about over the last couple of podcasts about how strong a team they looked and the fact that they beat the Czechs four one in the first game, Russia go home, and I'm well, I'm absolutely shocked. I'm going to hand straight over to you guys. I start with you, Joel, because I know we were talking about the Russians. Uh, last week and you know what the hell went on there oh, a surprise isn't the word but then I said uh, you know in a previous podcast the Greeks have that stickability you know it's just if you don't get rid of them they can come back and bite you and that's exactly what they've done um, at Russia's cost um, uh, there's no way you'd have put that on paper and, and you'd have just you would have probably just swapped Russia and Greece um, around third and, and second, I, I'm I'm really really shocked. But you know, it's uh, if you don't take your chances, then uh, then then you get punished. Yeah, I think um, Russia underestimated the Greeks. To be perfectly honest, I thought they'd they'd have a walkover. I mean, it was on on the the whole put up a oh you must have this bet the the odds for Russia to beat Greece were were so good and you know go and put your money on it and um, they turned it around and. Um, I'm glad the Greeks got through, and uh, I just wonder what Dick Eggnog's going to do now for a job. <laughs> yeah. It is Eggnog, isn't it? Um, let's say yes. <laughs> oh, it's Advocar. Same thing. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, I do like uh, do like the Advocar. Um, if you wanted to say something probably sensible, hopefully. Well, I don't know about sensible. It's me, but um, I think the thing is, we we all looked at the first game. We saw Czech Republic get absolutely destroyed by uh, by Russia. And we were expecting it to go one way. 
Um, at the end of the day, then Russia knew the uh, the rules going into the uh, into the group. They knew that whoever you know won in the uh, the face-offs would uh, would end up um, sort of going through in the end. I think that's the uh, the problem. A lot of people complaining that they didn't uh, they didn't uh, get, go go through despite having the same number of games, um, so same number of uh, of points and uh, a lot bigger goal difference than Greece. But they knew the rules and and they didn't fight hard enough in the uh, in, in that final game. No, that's fair. They was it, it was all in their own hands. They can't complain at all, really. No, but um, you know, they, like you say, they when they kicked off that game, they knew exactly what they needed to do. Um, and yeah, and, and it's basically uh, to not beat um, what essentially in in the, in the stuff that I've seen is a is quite a poor Greek side. You know, they've got a couple of decent players, but. Really, that if if you play against them the right way, you will beat them if you're if you're a half decent international side. But I mean, what this is, is this so far has been one of the most in, enjoyable tournaments that I can remember. I just just for little things like this. I mean, it's so it's really really tight. There's you know there's been some the one well sorry the two games that's, that sort of stick out being Spain demolishing Ireland and um, obviously that first game Russia demolishing Czechoslovakia. But other than that, things have been really really tight and it's. For the first time in a, in a long while, I'm really enjoying the whole the tournament as a whole. Uh, Joe, yeah, no, I'll just uh, I, what disappointed me was the way that Poland rolled over last night. Um, I thought as a as, as a host, I thought I thought they just would have been a bit more up for it, but they just looked they look I don't know whether they looked um, they looked leggy. I mean, I know that they were the, the bottom ranked team in, in the right, inside yeah. tournament, but I just think they were shocking last night, and I think it, it, it disappointed. I think they were. Everyone would have been disappointed, and when they look, you know, look back it on a tape, um, and their manager makes them sit there, they should, you know, they should kick themselves in the backsides because they had a huge chance to, mm. you know, the way the way they finished now, um, you know, one one win would have would have really helped them out. And it's, uh, I don't know, I just think they've, I think they've let let themselves down. They have um, because uh, because I mean, as you said, that they were. You know the the lowest ranked team, but the way that they've actually played in matches, uh, in well overall has been extremely good. They've been you know they've been well and truly in every game, and then they looked like you said they looked they looked just devoid of ideas in terms of how to put the ball in the net basically against the Czechs. They weren't they certainly weren't the weaker side. I don't think you know they weren't. I think it was a, it was a pretty even game, but yeah, they'll be they'll be absolutely gutted to have lost that one nil, um, Steve. Yeah, to be honest, I've got a, a, I suppose, a bit of a controversial question. But my worry now is now that Poland's out and have gone out in the first round, what the conduct of, of their fans, and you've got to remember with uh, with any big international competition, then a lot of the host nation will be there for neutral games. And mm. my question now will be, does anybody worry that how Poland's going to behave um, afterwards? Mm. No, I don't think so. I mean, the Russians—they're going home as well, aren't they? So, they, so their fans are—you uh, know—I can't see them hanging around. I need the, the people to actually live, um, you know, wherever. I can't see—I uh, can't see there being much trouble. I think the old bill stamped on what was a little bit of trouble, um, and it, it, it didn't surprise me that it kicked off between them two. But mm. for the amount of tr- you know, for the amount of of fans, like there's five thousand England fans over there. If, if they'd have all gone mad then they, they would have got smashed to pieces. But the, the, the sheer volumes of just the Polish and the 
uh, and the Russian fans over there, that could have been a nightmare, and it didn't turn out to be. And I think good policing um, and a good infrastructure before the tournament, you know, they, they've got the whole the, the worst of all the European fans there, and I think they've sorted it out really, really mm. well. And I don't think the Polish fans or the Russians, wherever they're going to be, will will cause any problems. It will, it will uh, you know, I've, they pretty much stamped it out. I thought they've done really well. Yeah. Okay, mate. Well, yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I said I, I I talked about it last week. I think that there's just been a there's been a focus on um, on trouble because of well, certainly over here because of the Panorama program and what have you. And I just I think it's no different to any other tournament for me. Uh, Nick, final point on that before we look at Group B. Um, yeah, I'm just pleased that Jerry Czech got the goal for the Czech Republic. They're my my adopted team um, <laughs> for the tournament, and uh, I'm glad that they won the group. Um, so we won't be playing Germany. I say we, they, <laughs> us. Won't be playing yeah. Germany. Well, who knows what's going to happen. But, mm. um, steered them away from the Germans in the next round. Yeah, okay. I, I personally don't, don't see them going too far. But you never know, really. It's be, when stranger things have happened than the team that's been, you know, opened their first game, been summarily beaten. You could easily go in and win the tournament. It wouldn't be too much of a surprise. And talking of uh, Germany, well, that's where we're heading now. Well, not literally to Germany. That'd be crazy. But we're going to look at Group B. Um, don't want to dwell too much on that because we've got about three minutes and our allotted time on this. So we'll see how we do. Um, at the moment, I don't think they've kicked off yet. It'll be quite soon. But as the time we're recording this, the, the final game hasn't been started. But Germany are top on six points. And obviously, you know, they're through. Um, then, uh, obviously, Portugal and Denmark on three points with Netherlands at the bottom. Um, Dutch are going home, aren't they, basically, boys? Without a doubt, without a doubt, they've only got themselves to blame. Like we've all probably, you know, discussed this over the, over the last week or so. Is that they just seem to be a team of individuals um, under so much pressure? I mean, if we think our our um, players are under pressure. I mean, I, I, the difference in Van Persie from from his league form taking into you know into a buzzing league form in, into this Euro Championships is just uh, it's the black and white. He, he just hasn't he hasn't done it, and because he hasn't done it. Um, I mean, they've set him up enough times, maybe yeah. they. But it looks like they're going home. Be, uh, um, Nick, I'm going. I'm going to stick my neck out here. I'm going to say Holland are going to beat Portugal by two goals. Germany will beat Denmark, and Holland will go through in second place. You reckon? Yeah. So I think it's. Uh, I think it's time for for Ronaldo to step up for the Portuguese, and, and you know, and earn me some points in the Euro 2012 dream team. That's what I think. But. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Steve, are, are, are sort of comments on that. To be honest, I'm I, I'm funny enough actually with Nick on this. I before the uh, the tournament started, I actually had the Dutch as being one of my uh, my hot favourites going in. I think it's going to be very interesting. All they need to do to uh, to, to to go through is to uh, expect the Germans to, uh, to to win their game, which I think we probably all can expect them to win it, mm. um, and to uh, to beat Portugal. That will Just do like it. the Russians. Exactly, well, exactly like the Russians, but, well, exactly like the Greeks as well. Weirdly for me, if there's, if there's going to be a shock in that group, I, I think the shock will be Denmark beating Germany. Um, where does, I don't really, well, there, and that, that effectively take both of those two teams through, wouldn't it? I think, on the, on, on the subject of, of Denmark playing Germany, how stupid is Nick Gusset? When England play in, played in the same uh, venue the other night, 
um, in the middle of the pitch, it had LV, LV, and I was think, trying to work out the Roman numerals. And it was only about 20 minutes later I realised that's the name of the place. <laughs> You've done well, Nick. I've done well. well. Done. Uh, Steve? You learn fast, Grasshopper. <laughs> well, he's only an English teacher. We can't blame him for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically... Uh, I, I think you could be right, actually, uh, Chris, as well. I mean, I've just flip-flopped on myself, but mm. I think that Denmark beating Germany isn't out of the realms of possibility. Um, they played well against uh, Holland in the first game. They soaked up all the pressure, and they ended up taking it to uh, to Holland, getting the uh, getting the goal that they needed, and then defending it out. Um, there's no reason why they couldn't do that to Germany, but I just think that Germany may be that that little bit a uh, little bit too strong for them. Joe, what do you think? No, I uh, not for me, mate. Um, I can't see Denmark shutting Germany out completely. Uh, you know, at, at the very best, they'll get us a draw. Um, but I, I can't see uh, it, it going home. I mean, the group will stay as it is. Okay. But good, it's good to see the Dutch going home. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Right, so well, so that's that's our lot on Group uh, B. We'll we'll very very quickly steam through Group C, and we'll save the the Group D talk for our sort of reviews and preview stuff later on. Uh, so Group C obviously is the the tough one, uh, with Spain topping it, uh, joined with Croatia on four points, um, Italy on two, and Republic of Ireland on zero. Uh, Irish have struggled. Let's face it, um, Croatia. Winning, winning against Ireland and getting that draw against Italy have put themselves in a very strong position. But I mean, it's you would expect that group to have ended before any games were played. You would have expected it to end with Spain and Italy going through in no, you know, in in either order really. So, um, guys, just very quickly, uh, one just sort of one at a time. Um, what your overall thoughts on that group C and who you expect to go through? So, start with you, Joe. Uh, well, I mean, Italy, I don't know, uh, uh, not sorry, Ireland, I don't want everyone's rucking about. I mean, they just were going to be outclassed by by virtually anyone that turned up mm. in that tournament. Um, they've got a lot of has-beens. Um, I mean, Dunn, he just looks embarrassed at the back. Um, Robbie Keane up front, he might have a little trick or two, but sticking him out against some world-class defenders like he was up against, he's going to get any change out of anyone. Uh, the Italians, I think they can still maybe turn something around, I don't know. But, I mean, the Spanish, I just just ball greedy aren't they lots mm. and lots of passes I think they broke every single European record um, for, for passing uh, that night against against a very very poor island side I hate to say but um, oh, what do you reckon Nick I think um, I think conspiracy theories that Croatia and Spain could conspire to get a draw just to make Italy have to win by two or three goals to make sure Italy go through um, but I think McShane will score a hat-trick for Ireland and um, beat Italy. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I have yeah. to say, looking uh, <laughs> look, looking at the group, then it's. I, I think that it is going to end up with all three teams and five points. But give it to the uh, the Republic of Ireland. They've got nothing to play for now, so it's really going to depend on on what they come out to do. If they come out to uh, to get that last bit of pride, they could end up snatching something from the Italians. Um, and that would that would force one of the uh, the pre-tournament favourites out. At the same time, you uh, you can't imagine uh, Spain Croatia ending up anything other than a draw. Neither one needs it really. 
Um, I'd I'd expect it to be uh, all three. I would expect at the end of the day for it to be all three teams on five points and it being Spain and Italy still going through because I think Italy will end up thumping the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, I'll I, I, I make you right, but I, I mean, all that playing for pride, they can play for all it, but the, the golfing class is so big, even even to I mean, everyone was saying about the Italians being a really, really good side. I, don't, I, I just don't see it. I hope it stays as it is. I I be uh, I be Italy get a draw and uh, and well I know um, I know Alex won't agree with you. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with him on our next uh, I think the next podcast he should be back on. Um, obviously being part Italian, he's um, I'm sure he's hoping for Italy to go through. Personally, I think it's a really tough one to call. I think you're right, Stephen, saying that they'll probably end up on on the same points. Ireland aren't gonna. I don't know. Ireland have got a very good record against Italy under Trapattoni, so that's that's another aspect to think about. But. But they, as Joe was saying, they look they look a very poor side. Certainly, they look the worst the worst side in in all groups, um, which is a shame for them. But I, I could just, oh yeah, I, I don't really know how it's going to end. But I do, I do kind of expect Italy to get through somehow. Uh, I don't think that they're sort of current. Well, certainly they haven't deserved it so far. But that final game is all important, I suppose. Um, okay, well, Group D will will come to in a sec, um, but. Uh, I just want to stop, as I usually do at this point, for a couple of um, thank yous. Uh, we've still receiving plenty of donations to um, to our cause. It's um, the if you want to have a look, the page is holradio.net forward slash donate. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's donated so far. It makes a huge difference to, um, to helping us sort you know run run this show for the season ahead. Um, yeah, and we're, we're genuinely touched by people's generosity on that. Um, well, also, we've been able to um, afford Jell and Steve. I mean, we wouldn't have afforded yeah. them otherwise, would we? That's it. They're very expensive people, you know. <laughs> um, and obviously, yeah, if you if you are registered on the Sun Dream Team website, well, there's a lot of complaining about the current scoring and stuff like that. I'm third bottom. I should be complaining most, I reckon. But um, if you are, yeah, already registered on that, you can join our league. Uh, it's a five pound entry. Pay us through PayPal. And it's a winner takes all. So if you're doing well in that and you're not currently part of our league, then you know it's close to 100 quid there for you to take if you if you can win the win the league. So that is yeah, that's at holradio.net forward slash fantasy. Have you noticed I'm saying hol radio? So I think Mikey's edited edited it in the document to make me say it like that. What's wrong with holradio.net? Anyway, I don't know. Let's start reviewing the England versus Sweden game. Obviously, finished three-two, but took us a few twists and turns to get there. Um, I'm just going to really quick summary of, of the first half. Um, England started pretty well, uh, knocked the ball around quite well, and I was I was feeling quite confident early doors, thinking that this is sort of the best sort of I've seen us retain possession for some time. Uh, we got that goal, and, and you know, nice enough goal it was. Uh, but then we did the the classic thing of sitting back and just the two banks of four got deeper and deeper and you could see Hodgson shouting his head off about it but it's not a lot he could do the obviously the the belief's not quite there to um to keep hold of the game and keep hold of that ball which is a shame uh, and in the second half I remember talking to to Joe and uh, <laughs> and Steve I've just seen the message from my producer I don't like that <laughs> but I was talking to Joe and Steve at, at half time and I was saying you know we've we've sat back we've given Sweden their confidence back by letting them have the ball and you know I can see us getting punished and, and we certainly were at the start of that second half um, but the really pleasing thing is obviously a quick change a, you know brave substitution that Gerald had called for half an hour earlier and um, and we were right back in the game and went on to win it which 
you know, anything less than a win in that game would have been completely unacceptable in my view because you know, being brutal about it, Sweden didn't look that great to me. So um, lots of things to talk about. So who's going first? I think it's Joe. Yeah, I mean, I call for that substitution by text, obviously, to you guys. But I mean, I, I just... It, it's, is it me? I don't know whether it's me, but I seem we we need someone from the from the FA or, or from part of his uh, uh, Odgson's mob to sit in a stand to get a, like a bird's eye view, and then, then they must be able to see where they're going wrong. I mean, I can't I can't get me on that. I, honestly, for, for for all my life, he had three crosses in in the game, and one of them was was. was uh, they, he's not as good as what people say. People say he's a workhorse. But all the players are workhorse. They're all professional athletes. They so get up and down that line. Walcott, if you just say to him, "Look, you've got to get up and down that line," and if you don't do that, then you will get we'll get up the ox. We'll get the ox in. And if he don't do that, we'll get someone else in. You know, you've just got to take this mentality away from people. That if they instead of sitting there screaming and getting getting the ump, you just do it or get off. It's it's simple as. But to, you know, Joe, for, you, Joe, you said the ox there. Do you remember what I, I was upset about this last <laughs> week? <laughs> you were. I just, I just won't have it. It's it's an awful nickname. I hate it. What kind of person wouldn't say his real name, which is Alexander Oxay Chamberlain? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's very easy to say. Which is fourteen quid on the back of your shirt, or the <laughs> ox, which is three and a half. I, I just don't like it. It's, you know, it's just too reminiscent of people who say the Arsenal. Oh, I hate it. Sorry, someone someone make an in- interesting point. Maybe maybe random. they should uh, have the Slade on the back and a picture of Noddy Holder on the front. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference, Nick. Thanks for that. I would buy that shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steve, <laughs> you, were you going to make a I'm serious gonna point? I'm, I'm going to jump in here with a serious point. Um, let's let's take it back to the beginning. Um, we put on Andy Carroll. I was crying out for Andy Carroll after the uh, the last game. And uh, and I said, you know, he's the sort of bloke that could cause some problems. He can, even though Sweden's got quite a big defence, he's the sort of bloke that can that can jump nine foot up in the air and head it. Um, I, I may be slightly exaggerating his superpowers here. But at the end of the day, the ball came in, and I have to say what an absolute phenomenal header he, he put in the back of the net. Um, it was, admittedly, it was a brilliant Gerard, uh, Gerard cross. Uh, before that, then Danny Welbeck had had a, uh, an equally good, in my opinion... Um, equally good Milner cross, which I think uh, Joe would be perfectly happy to disagree with me on that. But Nick, let's go to you. What, what was your opinion of that? Um, the, the goal was fantastic, and if you if you count his ponytail swooshing up as he leapt, it was nine feet. But um, yeah, it was it was superb, and it just shows what what having players who play for the same club within the national team can do, which is which is uh, sort of moving forward to, to the next game which is why I'm quite excited about Rooney and Welbeck being together but that's something to come on to um, yeah it was, it was a great cross um, I did have that moment that Palace moment when Sweden scored two in quick succession of oh my god here we go and I actually went out for five minutes because I, I was getting a bit depressed but, but fair play to England for actually pulling it round and, and doing something that we, we rarely see our beloved Palace do, and that's actually have some belief and go ahead and, and pull the game back. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, just, just going back to that header, if you freeze frame it the, from the camera behind the goal, his feet are waist height with their defenders. That's how, that's what he's, he's got the capability of doing. And you know that had that defender, even if that defender had gone up with him, 
the, the, the defender and the ball would have gone into that goal. He commits so much, and now everyone's sussed what he's all about. He's just rough and tumble. He's another, you know, he's just he's a pure get him cross it and he'll smash the defenders. And, they, and I'll tell you now, international defenders, they won't want their noses broken. They won't want an elbow in the face. Look how many free kicks he gave away in the first 15, 20 minutes. Because he just went up there, kicked them, pulled them. He was just, he's just ag. And, and that's what I love about it. Look, we, we're not pretty. We've got to be ag. And if that's our game, we, you wait until when Rooney comes back. He ain't pretty, is he? He's direct and he's ag. He will elbow you. He'll do everything. I'm really looking forward to the next game. But purely because now we've got two, we'll have two Two sets of players that play with play together, Welbeck Rooney, and hopefully he keeps. I'm really hoping he keeps uh, mm-hmm. Carroll on, and then we'll we'll have uh, Gerard supplying crosses because um, Milner will be on the plane home. Well, I don't know what you're saying about the fact that Rooney's not pretty. I think with his new haircut, he looks absolutely gorgeous. Oh. Uh, no, with with me, then uh, I think Carroll is that that classic England centre forward. He it has got it with his feet, which which people don't tend to recognise actually, but he uh, he can actually move the ball with his feet brilliantly as well. Um, but he's also uh, he's got a phenomenal header. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what did it for him. I mean, it was that one that one header summed up his entire game. I think Twan's thing had a very good game, but his entire you know passage of play was all for that one header. Um, I think he uh, I think you had other players as well. You had um, Welbeck. To me, didn't actually look that good until uh, until about sixty minutes through, and then he suddenly stepped up a level. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Chris? Well, I think um, as ever with with where we've drawn the comparisons with Palace repeatedly, it's not you know just it's because that's what we know. But I think when you look at the, it's the same problem. I- and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think both Welbeck and Carroll at different times ended up isolated and it's hard to get into the game like that. And I think this, I was reading a bit in The Independent today about you know, saying obviously Rooney's back, Rooney's a great player, but he's going to have to have that same frustration. And when he gets frustrated, that's when he tends to get sent off. So I think that's really the problem. It's hard to judge It's hard to judge Carroll, hard to judge Welbeck, and it's hard to judge anyone you, you play up top when the system is is you know the two banks of four and, and not a great deal of linking going on uh, so that's kind of where i i sort of sit on that i sort of, well it's a bit on the fence really but i think you're right in saying that carol did well that was a, the one thing he needed to do when he got a chance he needed to put it away and he did so you know and he, and he does bring a certain type of game to um to to the four but i i just worry when we've got a big man up front with this tendency to to hit the ball long and when you when you're playing the way we're playing 
isolating the front men, when you hit the ball long, you're going to lose it more often than not and invite pressure. And I'd, I don't like that. I would rather see Welbeck and Rooney start together. Um, but what I was going to take, I wanted to want to talk to you guys, and in particular Gel, because he's a self-confessed plastic scouser. Um, I saw the, in various papers uh, Stephen Gerrard was rated very, very highly and talked about having you know one of his better games for England. Um, I mean, I, I've used the term absolute shite in the document here. I, I thought he was awful. I really, really did. Um, was I watching a different game to everyone? Help me out here. Start with you, Joe. No, I don't. I, I mean, he wasn't what what you've said. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, the, the, listen. The, the thing that S- S- Stevie G does right is is he, he is efficient with his with the ball. He gave it away a few times, but again, I think the captaincy is just weighing a little bit on him. And once he gets used to being, you know, being uh, being comfortable with it, um, and he's also under orders. You know, where he's mm. he'd be under under orders at Liverpool to go marauding, he can't do that. So I, I, I just think, you know, there was no way. Tell me there was anyone else on that pitch, on the entire pitch, mm. that could have put that cross in. Um, did, did, did no James Milner. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was stabbed in the back every time I hear that poxy name. Honestly, there, there, is no, there was no one that could have hit that with that, with that amount of bend, Still that amount done. of pace. Is <sighs> it... <laughs> Sorry, it's a it's a bit like uh, Ambrosian in that respect, like Darren Ambrose, um, in like- that he won't do anything the whole game apart from two or three things that that will that will make the difference to the result. Yeah, I know, That's the way I, know I see it. I know what you're saying, Nick, and you're and you're right in some respects. But all I would say is it's the age-old debate of you see Gerard in the Liverpool shirt is one player, and Gerard in an England shirt is a different player. When you start having to make excuses for the captain. Who should be the even though he's thirty two, but you know he's he should still be the driving force of that team in midfield. He might well be under orders, but he should still be more dominant against the Swedish midfield. Contained Anders Svensson, who was thirty five, and you know he should have been dominating that that midfield, and he didn't, frankly. So that's that was that was my criticism of him, and I wasn't you know I wasn't hung up on it. It was only when I started seeing these ridiculously high ratings in the paper that it annoyed me. Kind of reminds me of when I was used to be watching England games when Sol Campbell played. And as commentators would be going, what a fantastic game Campbell's having. And I'd just be thinking, what, why? <laughs> what has he done? And it's just the kind of like this mentality that there's, because he's, he's a certain name. I hit my microphone there, it was unprofessional. Um, it's because he's got a certain name and he's a certain, he mu- you know, he must be having a good game. And it's just it's bizarre to me. Um, I've gone off on a tangent. Joe, you wanted to say something? Oh, yeah, that's the politics, mate. That's all that is. That's just, just that's the politics in football. If you start going around slating Stevie Gerrard, if Ian Art or whoever it is, the son starts coating him off, then next time Ian Art sticks a microphone in front of Gerrard, he's going to tell him where to go. Or the, you know, it's just the, it's the politics of that. But but the, the thing I wanted to get, get to, right, was why Beardy was able to... to well, in, in fact, it wasn't. There was three. Look at, look at the angle from the post where the ball's coming towards the corner of the net. So you're basically 45 degrees behind Joe Hart. And there was three Swedish players could have headed that ball in. Three. And there wasn't. There was no challenge. No challenge from any England player within maybe six or seven feet. That's shocking. That it is was, absolutely that. shocking. And the other thing as well is anything in that area, Joe Hart, six foot four, He's, you know he, you know he can have it. He ain't frightened of you know, diving in front of people. He should have got up there. All he got to do with a European referee is go up there, go down like a, just go down screaming. That's all you got to do. If you get out, jumps in the air. You, you shouldn't do, should it? Jumping up in the air should be twelve feet up in the air. He should not have that. He should not have had that. 
Mm. You know, uh, I, I can't understand. It's weird. It's almost as if we had, we had too high a line for him to come for it. But it did look when you were watching it, you're thinking, why aren't you steaming out of your area straight away? And it's not like we don't know anything about Larson. He's played in England his whole career, and it's oh, it's extremely frustrating to have conceded that goal. And it was a nothing kind of goal. And and I mean, let's, well, the free header is. I mean, you, you can't. How can at international level can you have that? And I hate to say it because. I've just been slating him, but if you look at the the footage of of who loses Melberg, it's he shouldn't have been on him in the first place. But it was Steven Gerrard standing next to him. All Melberg does is run the other side of the wall. Gerrard stays with the wall. It just yeah, it was bizarre. Without, really without really odd. It was it was all, it, obviously it was bad positioning from the whole from from the whole midfield and yeah. the defenders. I mean the other thing as well is where's JT when you want him? Where's he when you want him to win an header in a six yard box? Yeah. We should have we should have had there should have been the two centre backs. That's exactly where that should have been. Two centre backs and a goalkeeper going for that ball in a big pile up. Someone screams, we get a free kick and and that's it done and dusted. It's what everyone else does. We're yeah. too honest. We stand up when we should, when we should go down. We don't say anything. I'd say the other thing as well. Why didn't Joe Hart smack that big nose straight in the face when he coated him after they scored that goal I'd see if that had yeah. been me I'd have, we would have took the red I'd have took the red for that just to do him yeah. a million pound a that's, month oh, that's, that's the reason why you're not a professional footballer can I say that? it's one um, of the reasons Steve well, yeah. one of the many many reasons I think the fact that you're, you're 45 might be part of that as well um, <laughs> sorry to give it that way yeah um, generally on, on that first goal we um we allowed a, uh, a very easy ball to come in and um, no one attacked the header from, from us. And uh, as you said, no one, no one dives on the floor. I'm glad that no one dives on the floor from us. At the end of the day, then we don't want to play like that. We, we shouldn't be looking for any excuse to try and get away with it. It should be about the fact that we want to play honestly. Um, I know that's not, that might not be the uh, the way that certain England players see it. I'm still uh, I'm still going on about the uh, the free kick that we got in the France game when uh, Ashley uh, Ashley Young got shot by a sniper in the stands yet again. Um, but yeah, I, I think to be honest, we did look very very poor for a, a ten minute spell in that second half. We gave away two goals. And I was thinking at that point, I was exactly like Nick. I, I went outside because I was thinking, God damn it, we're, we're out yet again from uh, from poor England play. Yeah, I can I can see that, but I, I mean the other the other thing as well is that as soon as the, the the difference was was so noticeable, you take off take off the dead, we'll get it, get it, you know it, obviously. He's just set a walkout. Get down out and cross the ball. Just skin them. That's the thing with these teams. A lot of these established teams now, like again with Germany, that you know, their their midfield and their defence are they they they're not whippersnappers. And that, that's our greatest thing now. We've got pace and we've got it in abundance. Um, and, and I think that's how that's that's going to be our greatest weapon. I think. Um, mm. But you know, that's that's just the way that I see it. No, you, you said that, and you you were absolutely bang on with that. And obviously, we've talked about earlier on about the introduction of Walcott, and oh, apparently Holland all won up. Thanks for that, Nick. So, um, <laughs> so our current predictions for Holland going out might be. Um, what, what do you mean, Al? All right, apart from you. All right, shut your mouth. I'm going to go back and listen to it again and see who said what. It was you two, Band wasn't it? But anyway, um, moving moving sort of swiftly on. Yeah, as as Joe was saying, like pace. Pace and directness is is a big thing because it, it's you know especially with young players because they've got so much confidence they don't know what it's like to fail really do they so um, <laughs> Mikey just pointed out that we're providing live score updates on a podcast mm. 
Mm-hmm. We're just setting the scene so you know where we are and what we're doing. But there we go. Um, I just wanted to talk to you very quickly. Obviously, there's loads we can talk about here. I mean, obviously, Walcott we'll, we'll quite rightly got the plaudits, but um, we've sort of touched on the attitude of us going, going up. We've talked about Andy Carroll. Uh, the Welbeck finish, I want to, just a quick mention of that. Um, no other way he could really have put that in the net, and it was a stunning, stunning finish. Um, I've... He's, you know, he's a he's a good young player. I, I really do rate him, and I and I think I think he showed a, an amazing striker's instinct there, uh, Joe. Yeah, no, fantastic finish. The only the only thing I will say is that he's got he's got the turn. I mean, he turned their centre back um, in in the in the first half, and completely left him for dead. But mm. he couldn't get away from him. Is it me or is he not very fast? I really, I, I don't know. I honestly don't I think, think he's. I think he's got slow acceleration, isn't he? He's he's quite quick when he's running at full so he pelt. Is just So he's just yeah. slowed in. But that's yeah. what you need. A striker needs quick acceleration to be able to get in front of a defender. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you reckon, Nick? Um, I think it was fantastic. I likened that goal by Welbeck to KG's against Cardiff. <laughs> a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, KG didn't know where he was. Or where the ball. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, it was exactly the same. No, it was a, it was a super goal. And... Uh, Hats off to um, Theo Walcott. I mean, he blows hot and cold as well, and he turned it on the day he had to, really. Um, I, I just can't wait to see Rooney and Welbeck together again um, for, this, for this game uh, against the Ukraine. I, I think they're going to be something special. Uh, is it just so. Steve, sorry. Is it, is it just me that thinks that, um, as soon as you said uh, Welbeck and Rooney together again, was thinking the old um, Carly Minogue and Jason Donovan video? Especially for you. Especially for you. Um, they're, they're together, yeah, again. Um, no, I mean, I think when you watch it, then they uh, England give us a roller coaster ride every every single championships, and they did it yet again with, with the Sweden game. We were down, and we we pulled it off. There's there's, there's not a, a huge amount more to say than that. Obviously, we've got another half hour of the podcast left to do, so we, we're going to have to try to. <laughs> Why do you bet another ten minutes on this subject? Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, listen. I, I, you're right. There is not too much in terms of the, ge- the game to go into. But one of the other things that I wanted us to uh, to have a quick chat about was um, was the formation we picked. Uh, there's been a lot of talk. Certainly, it's re- again relevant to Palace because um, Dougie was asked about the four four two formation. Or it is sort of a four four one one, but for argument's sake, it's a four four two. And Dougie was talking about how it's it's not really a relevant formation in the modern game because of how many people play the sort of four three two ones and all that sort of stuff, and the way you're set up now it doesn't really work. And and Hodgson, you know, he I was watching a program about his um, you know, his his career and how he how he built his coaching career in Sweden and all that sort of stuff. And he's an incredibly knowledgeable character. And he's one of those things I don't think I did certainly didn't realise just how highly rated he is over over there until I watched that. And I think. It, sort of starting to find a lot of respect for him um, and I thought he was very brave to, to stick with that that formation certainly worked against the Swedes in the end getting wide and getting getting crosses in um, but in terms of the formation I mean well who, who was first I think it's you Jill uh, to sort of to come in on that well we were going to get as soon as as soon as uh, as soon as they got the bit between their teeth they, we were always going to get overrun if you're going to stick to a four four two because they stuck three up front so straight yeah. away we're going to get overrun. I mean, they were almost playing at, at times. They were playing two at the back and and would have you know and would have suffered it when they were chasing. That's why we were getting overrun. But you know when, when they they had to attack us, otherwise they were going home. You know, it's uh, 
I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's really easy to, to coat the system off. But um, mm. when, it, when it's working, it's really good. And when it's not working, but when they pour through, you know, this is the other thing as well. When it comes to flair and, and having more skill, it, virtually every single team in the world seems to be player for player, but a lot more skillful than us, apart from our obvious good players. Um, so we're always going to get we're always going to get um, overrun. And the other thing as well, I think we sat far too far back off of Ibrahimovic and let him just have an easy little passes and then let him have the odd shot. Um, what do you reckon on Ibrahimovic, Steve? To be honest, every time that uh, that uh, I'm going to have to call him Zlatan because Ibrahimovic always causes me problems saying it. Um, but no, I mean, every time he went forward, he looked exciting. But actually, every time he went forward, he didn't actually do anything. He, uh, he, he came forward. He came forward with the ball. He managed to take Terry twice uh, for pace, um, but still didn't actually manage to give a, a telling cross. And I think that's, that's what's been, uh, been, give, been given with him, is that he's an amazing player, but he's just not ended up finding himself a final product in this championships. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that he does against France because it'd be lovely to go up as, uh, as champions of the group, but I just don't think he's necessarily got it anymore. He's 35 and he's, um, he's just not doing it. Well, what do you think about that, Nick? Um, he, he was definitely their most dangerous player and uh, there were times when I did want to punch the telly when I saw him because he, he did seem a bit mouthy. I just wanted to go back to the 4-4-2 formation again. It was, it was more noticeable in the France game. But um, I know somebody tweeted, I don't know much about football, but it seems that England are playing the, the classic table football formation. <laughs> we, we, you could really see the 4-4-2. Um, going back to the England tactics, I'm just wondering how much um, Gary Neville's got to do with it. Um, We've heard so much about um, Neville being such a brilliant pundit, and uh, now he's in the England setup. I think it's a perfect move for him. It's it's really impress- impressive that he's one of the few players to actually do his coaching badges while he's playing, rather mm. than waiting until the end of his career. And uh, I think it's going to be. A, I never thought I'd say it about Neville, but I think it's going to be a great asset to the to the country, and and can almost see him taking over from Hodgson in the future. Yeah, I think. I mean, we've. We've certainly been impressed with Neville as a pundit, and he did his uh, badges with Dougie, I think, at least a couple of them, um, which is another little connection in there. But yeah, he's, um, he's, he's, I don't know how much of an influence he's had. I think, personally, I think he was he was there as a sort of, you know, uh, the sort of link between the players and the manager, if you like. Um, it's sort of like a, you always get that, you get like the first team coach. It's kind of what, why Steve Kember always struggled, uh, well, struggled when he got the permanent job as a manager because he was always the player's confident, if you like, but when he became the boss, he couldn't make that transition. And there's that yeah. same sort of thing. So obviously Hodgson's got to be the boss, he's got to be the one making the tough decisions, but Neville's there. I'm sure he's providing some valuable tactical insight and obviously he knows a lot of the more experienced players and, and how they tick and, and Hodgson might not have that information and all those sorts of things. But, I mean, yeah, it's listen, it's... It, it's a sort of difficult situation. I did want to correct you, Steve. You said Ibrahimovic was thirty-five, didn't you? He's thirty. Uh, he's thirty, was it? Well, he, yeah. he played at times like he was thirty-five. <laughs> there you go. That'll do. Um, but yeah, listen. I, I, there's there's so much has had to go on in such a short space of time with regards to that, that England setup. I mean, Hodgson came in very very late. I don't know how long they'd been talking to him, whether or not he'd you know done any work in the background beforehand. Uh, but obviously Neville came in very, very late, and I don't really know how much of an influence you can have in that space of time, but I think it will become more apparent as as we hopefully progress in the tournament. Uh, Joe, you were next. 
Well, I mean, you're going on about Neville. I mean, how many people absolutely hated him in a Man United shirt? Oh, yeah. And then changed their minds, right? As soon as he got on Sky Sports and became a pundit, they realised, hang on a minute, do you know, he's firstly, he's not biased Man United, and he hasn't been. I don't know whether he's been told about it, but he really has. Took his Man United out of, and, and, and he really has come across as someone who knows what he's talking about. Not one of these divvy footballers that's going to end up running a pub when he's finished playing football. He actually is a very knowledgeable he's obviously he's watched Ferguson played underneath him forever um, watched him listened to him and if he takes any if he takes half of what Fergie knows into the England setup, um, and and being uh, and having the respect firstly of the fans because if the fans turn on you it doesn't matter what the players are doing if, if you lose the fans then you lose everything um, if you've got the fans and you've got the players on side and just remember that a lot of our older players i.e. Gerard. Uh, uh, Terry and they haven't got that long left so he's going to be working with a lot of the kids um, and they've got the respect of him because he's been there seen it and done it I mean you know the only thing he hasn't won is a World Cup he's won ev- absolutely everything and uh, you know you, you've got a, he's earned he's earned his respect and uh, and with these kids coming through now you know I think they're really really going to like him Steve go on yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I think it's it's not surprising at the moment that Gary Neville isn't necessarily biased towards Man United in the fact that he's uh, he's currently embroiled in a, a lawsuit with with Man United about his hotel. Um, but I think at the same time, um, one of the things that we're, we're finding a lot of at the moment is we've got a huge amount of of learning to do as a team, um, and they've all got getting acquainted with each other. This this time we've got the uh, probably the first squad in a, in a long time where it isn't just the old boys club. Um, we've actually got a, uh, a squad at the moment that's uh, that's having to learn every single player of the squad has got to learn a relationship with each other, and because of that, with with a certain I guess an eye on uh, on the uh, the next World Cup that they're um, they're going to have to go forward. Um, Nick, uh, if you can uh, if you can give your opinions. Um, um, very quickly, kind of linking into the next game, it's, it's um, just think about the expectations of England. Are, they, are we going to suddenly have bigger expectations as we're not doing too bad and, and kind of shoot ourselves in the foot? Or, sh- or should we carry on thinking, no, we've got no chance and uh, keep going through? I've, well, it's, it's an interesting point, Nick. And basically, you, you can see it sort of on a day-by-day basis changing. Everyone said England have got no chance, terrible effort getting out of the group stages second we get a slightly well relatively positive performance against france people are like well we didn't lose that game you know so maybe we've got a chance here because people start saying i've got a funny feeling we might win this and it just goes on and on and on you know and you're just setting yourselves up for a massive disappointment in my view so i think we would do would we qualify which we should now um i think we'll probably go out in the quarters because i think we're going to end up getting my personal opinion um, but I think we'd have done well to get there personally, because uh, because you imagine the, the players we've lost, um, and and the sort of time that the the managers had to work with the players. I think that'll you know it'd be disappointing whenever it's disappointing whenever you lose. But I think I think people should be realistic, and I think looking to the next you know to the World Cup, I think we should start to have um, sort of expectations at that point. Listen, I'm going to have to move us along to uh, to previewing the the. Ukraine game. Uh, just before I do, I'm going to continue with our live updates on the podcast. I believe uh, Germany are one up, which puts the Dutch in last place at the moment. But it's all incredibly tight in that group. You know, Germany top of nine, and everyone else on three points with minus one goal difference. So, 
<laughs> don't know how the hell that's working, but but it is. Um, so yes, let's um, let's talk about the Ukraine game. We've sort of touched on the decisions that have to be made and who starts up front and all that sort of business. But I mean, first of all, if, if I start with you, um, who, who I'm saying with you, it's it's Steve with a massive capital letters in the chat there. So if I start with you, mate. Well, with, with my massive capital letters. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game. I am going to uh, go straight to the forwards, um, which will probably uh, displease you. But I think the way that we've uh, we've been so far, and the fact we've been playing well, especially the, the Sweden game, um, despite the fact that it was a roller coaster, then, yeah, we've got Rooney presumably walking straight into the side. My question would be, should we have him going straight into into the side? Should we should we not have him as a uh, an impact sub? Um, okay, you've got to play your, your best team, but mm. do, do we not give uh, g- give them a chance? Um, the, the Welbeck and uh, and Carroll a, a chance to, to start off and then take off Carroll for uh, for any maybe half time or, or even maybe sixty minutes through. If you're in a competitive tournament, you play your best players. Rooney's Rooney is by far our best player in terms of ability. Um, Again, I suppose the only argument would be if we're going to play a system to win that game and the system doesn't suit Wayne Rooney and it does suit Welbeck and Carroll, for example, pretty much if we played exactly how we did against the Swedes, but I would still replace Welbeck with Rooney. So I, I, I can't see... This. Go on, Nick. I think... Um, what's his face? The Arsenal bloke. His name's completely gone. And I've got the same No, the Walcott. Uh, I think Walcott's ten times better than Rooney. Sorry, but... I think you're completely wrong. Rooney's past it. He might have his flashes, whoa, but whoa, whoa, Walcott, whoa. Walcott oh. is ten times better than Rooney. Yes, oh. you're mentally ill, Nick. Maybe yeah. so, but no, Rooney's <laughs> lost it. Rooney, if if Rooney starts, he'll get sent off. Mark my words. I'm going to no chances he lost it in ability. But go on. I'm going to take the mic off him straight away, just because I think he he may well be mentally ill, and uh, I think doctors have been phoned. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to, just to go back to uh, something that Chris said about the fact you've got to pick your best players. You know what? To be honest, I think that for the first time ever, we've actually got a manager that's prepared to not pick the uh, the best players. He's prepared to pick the best team, um, and I think they, there is a massive difference there. I think we've actually got to the stage now that um, that that generally we shouldn't be looking to pay the best players because actually we found year after year after year after year that we end up picking the best players, and the best players haven't done it. They've uh, they've been mercenaries. They've they've done what's right for themselves. Yeah. They haven't necessarily done what's right for the teams at different stages. I don't know. So, I mean, Nick, what, what what do you think about that, Nick? I actually agree with you there. I think we've the the last two managers have kind of been there's that whole dressing room mentality where I think I, I don't know without getting sued. Was it John Terry was at the centre of it all and kind of rounding the troops together against what the manager wanted um, that was going on for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Roy Hodgson's actually he's been. Re- it's the wrong, probably the wrong phrase. He's been around the block. He's been an international manager. He's managed abroad. He's a Palace fan. He knows what he's talking about. And I think the, the players have actually got a bit of respect for him, which is something that England managers haven't had for a while. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right there, mate. And I, Well, I can, can't say the name of the player who was involved, but he's not actually in the squad. But there was um, something that was said at the Palace comedy night by, by someone who was talking about the information they get about... Uh, certain high-profile footballers, and certainly one of the England squad was known for being effectively their pimp, um, 
during major tournaments and things like that. So, I mean, that sort of thing seems to have been uh, eradicated, which is nice. Um, Joe, sorry, mate, you wanted to jump in. I just want to say about Rooney. I mean, the the thing is, Rooney he can sit behind the front two. If we're going to attack, we need to we we really need to attack. And if he's going to put two up front, he plays sits Rooney behind, so he can get knockdowns from uh, uh, from Carroll. Uh, and everyone knows how, how decent Rooney is with a with a snapshot. Um, I think that that will give us an, another string to the bow. Um, plus, as well, he's he's one of the direct uh, most direct people um, that we've got in our side, apart from the whippersnappers. Um, so, Portugal just scored, Nick. Yeah. Up to date as usual. Who scored? <laughs> you know? uh, Portugal. I can't see because it's so small. Um, if you give me a second. What? Oh, it right, was sorry, uh, Ronaldo McDonaldo. Oh, excellent seven. And Denmark. Denmark have just got. <laughs> I'm enjoying these live score updates. Oh, Mike is swearing about taking Ronaldo out of his, his Euro team. I'm glad of that. He was too um, expensive. Steve, you wanted to mention something about uh, relating to what we were talking about, wasn't it? About the game and about merits of a win versus a draw. I think. I think the the problem is is um, something that that England have done time and time and time again is is basically when we need a uh, when we need a draw, then we go for a draw. We should be going for the win every time. Um, I think when we uh, when we do go for a win, we look incredibly positive, and it's possibly the, uh, the the one disadvantage in the fact that we won the uh, the Sweden game means that we only need a draw now. I'd prefer us to need a win. I would definitely prefer us to need a win because I think we'd be a lot more attacking, be a lot more direct, and we'd have the chance to overrun the Ukraine. Uh, I think as it is, we'll have a very very cagey game. Uh, Chris, what do you think about that? I actually totally on board there, mate. I think you have to go into that game not just you know wanting to win and aiming to win. You have to go into that game believing you need to win, and I think that's always been a problem uh, in the past with with the English team. It's it's kind of as soon as they know in the back of their mind collectively that it'll be enough to get a draw that that mentality sits in, and it's a real tough job to to shake that. It's, you know we're we're not unique in that sense. It, it's been our downfall more times than I care to remember, and I've certainly seen it, you know, at club level at Palace as well, where that that kind of as soon as a mentality sets in, it's so hard to shift it. Um, but I have I have a lot of confidence in the way that we've been behaving, and I think because the squad is is the way it is, and missing, you know, the the like the likes of Lampard and Barry, who would sort of almost be automatic starters and things like that, because of that situation, people are having to play for the shirt and to keep their place more, and I. I quite like the way it's going, almost accidentally. Um, I, I just wanted to sort of take take it on. We're, for me, the problem area to think about how we're going to start, assuming we play the same four four one one, we know it's going to you know be a one of sort of two combinations of Rooney and someone else. I think up front. But what I'm really personally struggling with is is that midfield. Now I think we've settled on Milner coming out and Walcott going in. But is Walcott good enough to start? That's my problem with it. Yeah, of course he's good enough to start. He's good enough to start for Arsenal. He's good enough to start for England. I mean, in in uh, in the way that the Arsenal set up is, is if he's good enough to play for Arsenal, he's good enough to play for France. Because most <laughs> yeah. of their players come for France. So, I, I, may, I maybe said it wrong in terms of good enough. Is he does he consistent enough when he starts? Well, yeah, but the thing is, he, he needs to. He, of course, he's consistent enough. He, he needs to be told what to do. If you want him to act as a, a defensive. Um, midfielder, then you can, he's going to sit back. That's not really his game, is it? That's the thing. But if you want him just to leg it down and terrorise their left back, he, he's, he, 
is more than an impact sub that, that, that people think. He's direct. He can run all... He's a kid as well. He can run all day. Um, I, just think, I just think if we use... The, the other thing as well, you look at it. When the kids come on, what do they do? They don't go sideways, do they? You've got so many people thinking about it. Even Gerard wants to go sideways. John Terry wants to go sideways. Everyone wants to go sideways and pass it. Give it to the kid. What does he want to do? He wants to say a defender on. He wants to run through the middle. You give it to the ox. He legs it straight through the middle. You give it to uh, Walcott out on the right. He legs it straight. He want, they attack, attack, attack. And that's the thing. The, the kids want to go forward. It's the other people that need to think about it. Like Gerard, he's having to think about being captain, being part of a four-four-two that's sitting further and further back. And then he's got a defensive midfielder like Scotty Parker next to him. It's, it all seems to be if we have a mixture of the kids, and you go right now, get on there and attack. And you know Rooney, Rooney is definitely attack-minded. And I think if you play that free, you know, just that free. Uh, the, the two wing backs, as such, trying to come back and help, um, but you can't, you can't, you can't rely on Walker being a, a defender. That's yeah, that's got. fair. Um, Steve, very, very quick, mate. Yeah, very, very quickly. Then I think um, I've actually, I've actually changed my mind on Walker. I think Walker is good enough for the England team. I think he is good enough to uh, to do uh, a massively good job for England. But to be honest, I'd like to see him come on as an impact sub. I think the uh, the difference that he made to the, the game was because he was playing against tired Swedish defenders, um, tired Swedish defenders and tired Swedish midfielders. He, he ran through their side and he managed to put in a, a brilliant cross that was superbly finished by uh, by Welbeck. Um, for me personally, I think he's got to be an impact sub. Um, Nick, what, what do you think on that? On what's your final word? If we're going to have an impact sub, I think it's going to be Defoe. Oh, no, don't, don't. I hate the thing. That's my final word. Just don't, just don't go there. I was looking up, I was looking up earlier. He's got 40, 47 caps. How the hell has he got 47 caps? Nick, your cat should have more caps for England than him. Oh. How, how, anyway. how did Crouch not get picked over here? I know, mate. Thank, I know. So that was a travesty, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's complete. And the other thing as well, I, I said this last time and it didn't get carried. Have we got, have we got a little bit, just another, another one minute, Chris? Not really. <laughs> All right, well, go on, go on quick. Why, go for it, Why ain't Beckham there? Why is not Beckham there? Oh, honestly, he, surely he would have done, he should have been part of the England setup. Oh, oh, he's getting 100 grand a week in America. He can't be that crap. Yeah, <laughs> Team GB, mate. That's his focus. Team yeah, GB. I, I just don't, I don't know. I just, do you know what? I honestly, I know a lot of people would, would say, again, it's, it would just be picking someone on their name and so on and so forth. I honestly can say, hand on heart, I just don't have a clue what he's like ability-wise anymore. You know, the last time I, I saw him play was in an England shirt and he didn't let anyone down. You know, he was still he was still quality on dead ball situations. He still looked... He was an influential player. But I honestly, I can't tell you what he's like now. I really can't. And age catches up with everyone at some point. So Can you imagine him putting a ball over the top for Wolf to run onto? Oh, man. That'd be good. Just get him in the Palace side. But um, anyway, I just want to... Let's, let's end this um, little preview. I'll just um, tell you some interesting... Well, sort of interesting statistics. So you, Ukraine aren't that uh, older nation. It used to be part of the Soviet Union when Nick was a child. Um, we've played them four times. We've won three and lost one. Uh, our... First game against them, we won 2 0. And weirdly enough, our last game against them in the World Cup ended our um, unbeaten, I think it was a 100% qualification record in the World Cup qualifiers, where we lost 1 0. And that was on, in October 2009. Um, obviously, so far in this tournament, they uh, they beat Sweden, who, who were poor against them. 
but Ukraine looked pretty ordinary against France, I felt. Certainly once France made, made good of them, their chances. And really Shevchenko is the only one who showed class uh, for them uh, with some couple of great finishes. But, I mean, predictions, guys, and then we'll, then we'll end this. Uh, what do you think the score will be, Joe? Uh, well, I think Shevchenko will score. I think he'd be too clever, but I still I'm going three-one to us. Three-one. All right, Steve. Uh, well, as always, I'm going for England four, <laughs> Ukraine one. <laughs> Every time. Okay, what, what you got, Nick? Um, two-two with Defoe to get a last-minute equaliser. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, he's on the pitch. It'd be a travesty. Um, and I. I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go with one New England. I think. You, I think you exciting, exciting fella. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sort of sticking with that at the moment. We're a bit of a one nil kind of side. I uh, think sorry, you're underestimating a host nation. I think. I think you know one 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 host is out. When was the last time that the hosts? I know, I know there's not usually been two hosts, but when's the last time the the hosts have gone out in the group stages? No, I, I know what you mean. There's always a, a degree of advantage, but I just thought when when I saw uh, Ukraine play against Sweden, I, I felt very much along those lines. But I just felt the way they were against France, they seemed to just lose it. You know that I just thought, you know, they've got all those people behind them, and and <laughs> it's just the, yeah, it was a disappointment. The difference between Ukraine and Sweden was Shevchenko in being world class and getting in front of the defenders. That was the only difference, you know. So if he hadn't have been that clever, they wouldn't have got any goals. Just to uh, just to break in for a second, uh, just to uh, to answer the, uh, the the question that Nick gave us, which was uh, when was the last time the host went out? I'm pretty sure it was only two years ago in the uh, the 2010 World Cup when South Africa went out. Uh, I could be wrong here, so please uh, please turn around and disagree with me. But um, I was actually referring to the Euro Championship, so you're answering a completely different question there. Sorry, I'm <laughs> All right, look, let's. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I'm confused now. Let's, let's. Uh, I think that's a perfect way to end the show, really, in a kind of confused, bewildered state. Um, yeah, uh, look, we've next next uh, recording. I think is going to be somewhere around potentially th- what, Thursday next week or something like that. Um, we'll, we'll see how things go. I mean, things are looking ro- quite rosy for England in some ways after that. That. Um, you know that comeback against Sweden so obviously thank you for downloading this podcast much appreciated uh, thanks to the guys for, for talking just today and um, bye goodbye ciao it's the 90th minute all your mates around You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.